Empire. Hello and welcome to my bonus podcast. Well, we have the schedule to talk about. And in a few minutes, I'm going to talk a little bit about Josh Rosen. Got a couple little nuggets there for you, as well as a few things about the draft. Um, but I want to get to the schedule right away because that's what came out. It, it was Christmas morning, Christmas day last night because the schedule was released. It's fun to see where the Redskins are going to play. But for me, it, it determines my travel schedule and any sort of days I might miss with my family, whatever. But I want to get right to it. There's five highlights that stick out to me when I'm looking at the schedule. If you haven't seen the schedule, go to ESPN.com, onto the Redskins page. It's all there, and you can follow along with me. You can go do that now. I'll pause for a minute. Um, anyways, well, no, I'm not going to. Um, let's look at the start. All right, in that article, I talked about how in each of the last three years, the Redskins have been 3-2 and two at some point. So this notion of bad starts for the Redskins is a little bit false. Bad openers, but okay starts because they have recovered from losing those opening games. Three and two after five games is, is a decent start for them, and it would be a hell of a start this year because look at the first five teams, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Bears, the Giants, and the Patriots. A three and two record would be tremendous. Also note, three NFC East games right away and when they do well in the nfc east they can make the playoffs when they don't they don't it's pretty simple they've been over 500 in the nfc east in two of the last seven years both those years they made the playoffs file that away then the second highlight the finish jay gruden's job is on the line this year we all know that three straight years with no playoffs not a great way to go into year six so the Redskins will need that good start and a good finish. And we talked about the NFC East. Well, guess who they finish with? It goes um, Eagles, Giants, and at Dallas. So, again, look at the NFC East record. How they fare in the NFC East will probably determine whether or not they make the playoffs. Um, it also could determine whether or not Jay Gruden keeps his job a tough way to finish. But, listen, any of these games are going to be tough for the Redskins. So, Whatever, but that playing in the division like that, it's a good way to either make up ground or lose a lot. Third highlight, only two primetime games. One, a home Monday night game against Chicago, and the other one, a Thursday night game at Minnesota. Everything else starts right now at 1 o'clock. So clearly the NFL isn't expecting a whole lot from the Redskins. And to me, honest, it's kind of irrelevant because a few years ago they had all 1 p.m. games, and I think that may have been, I don't know if it was 2015 or 16, they still were a pretty decent team. It was probably 2015, and they did go on to, to actually have a good good season, 9-7 playoffs. Um, so it's not like it means they're not going to do well, but I think certainly the league does not look at them as some sort of exciting team to watch, and it's hard to disagree at this point. Um, things can change based on the draft, based on any trades. But right now, that's the feeling. The fourth highlight is when the bye is. It's um, this time, instead of early in the season, we're looking at a November 10th bye. And one of the things I felt like the last two years, that early bye kind of helped because you're going from training camp to getting an early bye. So they kind of considered that early, those early buys about the halfway part of their year. 
but really you want it a little bit later. And the Redskins finally get that. And when they you looked at the last two years, they were so banged up early in the year that you just kind of said there's no way they're going to get through 12 games in a row or 13 games in a row, whatever it was in those years without having more injuries or with, or with being able to get guys healthy. And not only do they have that bye at that time, but two weeks before that, they have an 11-day break after a Thursday game. So there's two weeks there where they can get a little bit healthier if they need, if there are guys who have short-term injuries. So I think that's a good thing for a team that's had two brutal years with injuries. Finally, the big highlight, the game against the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, Faces his old team. Adrian Peterson faces his old team. And that's on October 24th, Thursday night game. Clearly, there are still some, there were some bad feelings between the Cousins cousins and the Redskins when, the, when it ended here. Um, and I don't think that, I think there's still some people here who would love a shot at Kirk Cousins. I know being in that locker room the day after some of these games this year and when the Vikings highlights were on, I would say there are some defensive players who would be quite anxious to face Cousins. And I think you, you probably came out last year a little bit, but there were times in the locker room the day after a game, if he threw an interception, some of which would turn for his touchdown, there was, what you heard from some players, pick six Kirk. So we'll see if that plays out, but it'll be a fun game because, again, Peterson going back to the Vikings and then Cousins facing the Redskins. Okay, let's move on now. For ESPN, on our site, I had to pick a game-by-game predictions. And I probably am too optimistic here because I picked them to go 7-9. and nine. And realistically, you could make a case for 5-11 and 11 or 6-10 and 10 just as easy. The only thing is, I think, you know, if they're healthy, which that's a big if, we all know that. But if they're healthy, they, I think they can be, they're going to be right in that 500 range. And then it's a matter of how healthy do they stay. I don't want to just base everything on that finish last year. It was disastrous. The whole that second half of the year was disastrous. And I don't want to forget that they were six and three. Now, I think the mistake is to think that they're the same team that they are now or at this point than they when they were six and three. I don't think that's the case, but we don't know yet. So the big reason I picked them to go seven and nine and, and not better, and I think again, I think I'm probably optimistic on this, but their health. I just don't trust their health. They haven't been healthy and they have too many guys who get hurt every year. It's not just Jordan Reed. He gets pegged so much for this, but it's not just him. Trent Williams, Chris Thompson. These guys have to stay healthy and play at a certain level for this team to have success. There are other guys in there too. Darius Geis, the ACL. We don't know how he's going to be. We see the spring workouts. We don't know what's going to happen in August. So I don't trust that yet, and nor should you. I think you're going to have to get through this year before you can start to maybe trust their health again because I think fans have rightly been scarred and the organization has been scarred by the last couple years. Uh, Another point, who's their starting QB? It's Obviously, it's either going to be right now, it would be Colt Colt McCoy or Case Keenum. Uh, You know, there's things to like about both of them, but, but McCoy has been passed over here multiple times when the Redskins have had a choice. And then Case Keenum, two years ago, really good in Minnesota. Last year goes to Denver, has a, has a really good defense there. Denver struggles. They were 6-10. and 10. Keenum is now in Washington. Joe Flacco now in Denver. So, you know, both guys play with some swagger. Will that help? Well, you need playmakers around both these guys. And right now, that's the other question. Who are the playmakers on offense? Now, clearly, if Jordan Reed is healthy, he's, he is a playmaker. But again, if healthy, 
kind of a big if there. The receivers, who's going to be the guy? Paul Richardson, uh, he, he should be fine coming off the shoulder, the shoulder injury and the knee injury. That would make a, he would make a big difference. But will he stay healthy? His durability has not been a strong point in his career. Then you got Josh Doxson. You know, who else? Is, well, we don't know what Trey Quinn or Cam Sims are going to do. So, you know, Chris Thompson, if he's healthy, playmaker. If Darius Geis is healthy, playmaker. Adrian Peterson can help move the chains at this point. But that's the other thing with the running back situation. What I don't trust is what do you have right now? You have a 34-year-old Adrian Peterson. You have Geis coming off the ACL. You have Chris Thompson who's had a couple, who's missed, what, missed a number of games the last two years. It's not, you know, on paper, the names look really good. But in reality, how strong is it? I think it can be strong, but I don't, you know, can you trust right now how it's going to break? There is an optimistic view for this, and there's a pessimistic view. And right now, you can take either one because we don't know. But I think the big thing is they need guys healthy. And I think they need, they need Thompson healthy. Um, and it wouldn't shock me at all if they looked for another back in the draft for, for this very reason. It's an important spot and they need playmakers. On defense, like getting like Landon Collins, we don't know yet what Reuben Foster will do. He's never played a full season. We saw flashes of what he could do at times in San Francisco. Was not a playmaker per se, but that speed was noticeable. So we'll see. But will he play 16? No clue. Uh, you know, but I know, like, what are they going to get from the draft on defense? If they get a guy like Brian Burns, I think he'll be a big help. Um, we don't know what Ryan Anderson would do as a full-time guy. I love the defensive line potential. You know, I think that goes without saying. I think it'll be even better this year, the more like a guy like Tim Settle matures. And then the other question is, will the addition of defensive backs coach Ray Horton make a difference when it comes to matching coverages to what Greg Minuski wants? That, to me, has been a problem. In the book on Minuski, good with the front seven, needs help with that back four, and that's what Horton has to, to, to help him with. So that's, those are my thoughts on the schedule. Coming up, an update on Josh Rosen and any Redskins interest in the Arizona quarterback. Welcome back. Now, let's get on to Josh Rosen. I still believe the Redskins would have interest in him, but I don't think they're sitting around pining for him. His name has come up in the building. There haven't been a lot of meetings in which he's been discussed. There's still no feel within when you talk to the Redskins Park as to what Arizona might want in return if they indeed trade Rosen. So I think think in an ideal situation for the Redskins, something a deal gets done on the day of the draft before the draft starts but the day of the draft I don't think they're going to go tip their hand beforehand if they really want him I don't like I said I don't get the sense they're pining for him um, but it could also be they're very much slow playing this and if they did want him make an offer on the day the day of the draft if they got him for a third rounder I think they'd probably do some cartwheels because that's really good value for a guy like Rosen who, if he was in this draft and he's sitting there at 15, is a guy they would consider. Now, they still have some homework to do, I think, on him. I know the Redskins did not visit with him last year. Excuse me, they met with him at the Combine, but that 15-minute interview is all 
that's the only time they've really met with him. So they're going to rely on word of mouth and some investigative stuff if they indeed go after him. But I, I think there'd be interest. Clearly, they should be interested. I mean, Cripes, they don't have a guy who's a quarterback of the future, so there should be interest. And I do believe there would be interest. Um, but again, I don't think it's at all cost, and I don't think they're, they're going to come across as being desperate for him. And the other, pro, the other part of the equation here is there's so much fluidity with the quarterbacks in this draft. And the Redskins are not going to tip their hand as to who they might take at 15 if indeed they took a quarterback. And there's no guarantee that they would. There's also no real consensus, as you know, on this quarterback class. So it's tough to accurately gauge where certain quarterbacks will go. One person I talked to earlier this week said a guy like Daniel Jones could go top five or in the bottom of the first. And I've heard the exact same thing about Drew Locke, that there are some teams that may have him maybe going, maybe as a second-round grade. But they, I don't think that people think he'd go in the second round, but that's where the grade is, at least for some. I have no clue how many would be like that, and I would still expect him to go in the first. The interesting one to me is Dwayne Haskins, the Ohio State quarterback. There is a connection here. He went to Bullis High School. Daniel Snyder's son goes to Bullis High School. My understanding is that there, that Haskins and Snyder's son are at least friendly. Snyder's son plays football at Bullis, and Haskins has been back there. So I'm, you know, I don't know how friendly they are, but I think there's at least a, somewhat of a connection. Is that enough to draft a guy? It shouldn't be, but I'm just throwing it out there. And then, um, but I also know, like when you again, you talk to people that Haskins probably needs a good year to sit. And I know the Redskins are okay if a guy isn't ready to start the season, but I think they would like him to be ready to play at some point in year one to not just justify the selection, but just to get some contribution from the guy. They're not in a position where they can, they're coming off a seven to nine year back to back. They're not in a position where they can just wait on a guy for a whole year, unless of course things are going unbelievable with Keenum or McCoy. So they're going to need that, and I don't know that Haskins will be that guy. I think in the end he could be a pretty good quarterback, but I don't know when you look at him if he's going to be ready to do that in year one. And you know, I think it's, it's, it's interesting. It adds to all the fluidity. And next week, the week of the draft, um, I'm going to give you some more thoughts on this. And one thing to note, the Redskins still are finalizing their draft boards, and I was told that they're meeting this week, finalizing grades, Going and coaches are now watching more and more film uh, to see how their what their thoughts how they line up to what the how the scouts had them and that's why the board starts to it will fluctuate a little bit at this point they're not going to have these grand jumps so when you hear about guys shooting up draft boards I don't buy that I think it's always media catching up to perception of players um, but I think sometimes some teams might look and hear like guys are you know maybe some one guy starting to be mentioned a lot. And so they get a little bit nervous about where they may have the guy or if that if they really want the guy, they may have to get him higher than they desired because they know that if they wait for another round, he may not be there. So that's all I got for you this time. We'll get back to you next week. More on the draft, a lot more talk on the draft, and then we'll finally get this puppy underway a week from tonight. Thank you. 